Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show with your host, Scott Fullerton, as we discuss everything under the rainbow sun, from LGBT issues to foodies, entertainment to books. Join us as we talk to some of the most interesting leaders and celebrity LGBT guests and allies on the internet. So grab a cocktail, it's always happy hour somewhere, and enjoy the show. Now, here's your host, Scott Fullerton. Well, howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show. It is June 1st, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Fullerton. It is a kind of crazy day, friends. Um, To start a Pride Month, June is Pride Month for our LGBTQ community. And it's a very weird time in America right now, wherever you're listening to this from. We are at 105,000 fatalities from COVID-19, and we are at another senseless death of a black person by a police officer. And our time for pride where we get together and hug each other and celebrate our riots that brought along a movement to free us from oppression is now 51 years old. So it's a very strange day here in America. Um, I don't want to make the show a downer. Um, We're going to have some great music. It's a musical Monday here. Um, So we're going to get to some really good music in just a second. But I think we really need to just be open and honest that we're living in a weird time right now. Pride means so much to so many people in our LGBTQ community. Pride means just as much to the community of brown, black, people of color, of everybody. Um, But now's the time to pay attention to our black friends and neighbors. I made a huge mistake last week, maybe Friday or Saturday, of asking how I can help, what I should say. I don't know enough about it. And I did a picture of four, I did four pictures. I did a pride picture. I did a Black Lives Matter picture. And I did some other picture, and I did an all lives matter picture with the caption all lives matter and got some heat from it. And rightly so. I I was ignorant in how triggering that word was. Um, I had used it primarily for the picture. The picture showed locked arm in arm of brown, yellow, white, black, and rainbow figures holding hands and I thought all lives matter 
was meant those communities. And it was pointed out to me that that is a very racist trope that was started when Black Lives Matter started that I did not pay attention to at the time. And I took it down, uh, changed the picture. And I learned from it. And I appreciate those that reached out and talked to me about it and educating me. And I consider myself a pretty progressive person, especially being part of the LGBTQ community, being a little older than most, lived through a little bit, uh, at almost 50 years old here. Um, But obviously we all have something to learn. So I apologize for the All Lives Matter post I did last week. And I understand more now. And I hope we all try to reach out and understand more now and talk about it. To that end, tomorrow, I'm going to open the show with uh, a good friend of the show, Jay Mack. Um, Jay is a former boy bander. He has his own music out right now. His single, No Love, is amazing. And uh, I had him on the show a couple months ago. And he was one of the ones that reached out to me on my post the other day and said that what I said was wrong, but just said that is such a loaded question to black people right now. What can you do? It's like, there's so much that needs to be done. Where do we start? Um, it's, it's different every day. So I reached out to Jay and see if he'd come on the show. And he came on just a little bit ago. And I'm going to play that tomorrow. I couldn't get it turned around in time for tonight. But we're going to have a discussion first thing tomorrow when I open the show with Jay Mack on, kind of talking about what all this unrest means right now. Before we get into more fun of the show again, uh, getting interviews. But I think we need to address these topics. I think they're serious. We have cities burning. We have people getting hurt. We have black people getting killed for no apparent reason. And it really is a time where we need to change this. And these protests, um, protests and looters are two different things. Protesters rock on sister, brother, friends. Peacefully demonstrate, get a little raucous. I mean, 51 years ago, guys, at Stonewall, we were not locked arm in arm singing Kumbaya. We were upset. We turned over cars. We did things. Um, So there's no right or wrong way to protest. Looting is a whole different thing. And the the pictures that I'm seeing, which really dismays me, is it's a lot of white white people doing the looting, running out and getting their vans in Santa Monica yesterday at the van store, getting these bicycles in Santa Monica. And what's worse is you don't know who to believe or the truth anymore. The thing that's happened in these last three years is there is no real truth. Fake news actually has become a thing, not from the liberal left, not just from the liberal right, but through bots and through social media and through everything where we really don't know what to believe. There's people saying that police officers are the ones causing all this. You're seeing stacks of bricks in the middle of roads for people to throw through windows. Who's putting those there? been said on both sides. 
actually saw a video, and we're going to talk about it tomorrow with Jay, of someone going down the street in their car and reaching out and handing a brick to a black woman that was walking down the street. She said, why are you handing me this? I have no need for this. I do not want this. Why are you handing out bricks? This was a white young lady handing this out to a black lady walking down the street. So people are inciting this, and it doesn't need to happen. So very scary time right now, very real time. I want to address it with the seriousness it deserves, but I also want to say that we're an entertainment show. I started doing the show five days a week back in mid-April because I wanted to help entertain people to get their mind off of COVID-19. And it worked. Listenership was up. We're at 30,000 plus every episode. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, May was my busiest month ever. I had 48 guests or 48 interviews in May, 54 guests, because there was a couple of times there was two people on for one interview. So 48 interviews in May with 54 guests. Thank you for listening in over 35,000 of you each episode. Thank you for tuning in. I hope we entertained you a bit. I've had some amazing talks with people that I love, people that I never met before. And I'm going to continue that as long as I can and try to try to have some fun. And we're going to have some fun tonight. I got an excellent, it's Music Monday. We're going to have Jay Knight on in just a couple minutes. He is our Monday Musical Minute special correspondent along with Zach Day. Him and Zach rotate every week. So Jay primarily does indie music for us and introduces us to a new indie artist and gives us a great tip every week. So we're going to have Jay do that in just a couple of minutes. And then we're going to have from Canada, Drake Jensen, uh, an interview. Drake is known as, <laughs> he's, he's a great country western singer up in Canada. And we had an amazing interview. And uh, he's known as the daddy, the country daddy. And he is a big burly guy the great beard and a great attitude and this is a pre-tape we did just a little just last week he is an amazing guy and i'm going to share that with you we had brian justin crumb scheduled for tonight live brian um could not make it last night i just found out an hour ago that brian cannot make it he's had something come up which i totally understand like i said these weird times brian's going to reschedule probably back in two weeks and we're going to do a little America's Got Talent night with Brian Justin Crum and our buddy Brandon James with Brandon and James, the singing and cello duo, uh, coming on. And they have a special drag queen coming with Brandon and James for their new song. So we had to reschedule Brian Justin Crum tonight. So we're only going to have one guest. We're going to have Drake Jensen for the interview after Jay Knight's musical minute. So a little smaller show today. But uh, we're going to have a week of good interviews. Even with everything going on, we're going to talk about it seriously a little bit at the beginning of each show. But then we're going to bring some hopefully quality entertainment that I hope you enjoy. There, if you have any thoughts or comments, please reach out to me on social media. On Twitter and Instagram, it's at left of straight, always spelled L-E-F-T-O-F-S-T-R and the number eight. On Facebook, it's the left of straight show page. My Facebook is Scott Fullerton. It's a public Facebook page. You can send me a friend request. And we are still gearing up for the big gay road trip. Things are slowly opening up across the country. Hopefully we'll get um, 
through a lot of this madness we have going on right now. So when I leave in five weeks, it'll be a safe trip across country. I'm doing a fundraiser for that, but I'm not even going to talk about that right now because people are raising money for people in bail, for people going to jail for protesting where they shouldn't have been arrested. So we'll talk about that more in, in the end of the week. But thanks for listening in. Thanks for being part of the Left of Straight show family, Left of Straight family. Uh, I really appreciate you every day. Please subscribe, share these episodes with everybody. I appreciate if you like the episode. Give a little five-star rating. The higher ratings we get, the more it gets circulated through the algorithms of all the podcast distributors. I would appreciate that a lot. But let's go ahead and start it off with a little Jay Knight. Um, he's going to do our Monday Music Minute. And we're going to play a brand new artist, and then I'll come back and introduce Mr. Drake Judson. You're listening to Left of Straight Show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network. Hi, I'm Jay Knight, and welcome to the Monday Music Minute. Today's indie music tip, dream big, but have a backup plan. The reality is the vast majority of us won't end up making a career from our music. Now, that doesn't mean you should give up on your dream. Quite the opposite, in fact. Make your backup plan a career that can help facilitate your dream. For example, given how important social media is to indie artists, a career in marketing could make for a great backup plan. Or how about a job with a record label, becoming a programmer, web designer, or a videographer slash editor? There's many more options I'm leaving out, but the point is, each of these careers can teach you skills to help you achieve your dream and give you a career to fall back on if you don't. My advice? Start your own business because you rarely get rich working for someone else. And that's this week's Indie Artist Tip. Now, let's talk about this week's featured artist, Andy. That's Andy with an I-E. She's a pop artist hailing from London, but she was born in Dartford, Kent, and will be 18 later this month. She has a voice that moves your soul. You can feel the emotion in her when she sings. Her tone is exquisite and her control excellent. Add that to top-notch vocal melodies she lays down over slick modern pop beats, and you've got something special. You can check out Andy at andymusic.co.uk. You can check me out at jnightmusic.com. And now, without further ado, Scott is going to play Andy's newest single, Jealous, and I'll see you all in a couple weeks. Peace. Me when I walk 
like that I have control over the look upon your face They want to, but they can't touch me Cause I could just close that door Don't mean I can't play my game and make you want me more And time don't you go nick jonas look out we have another jealous by andy hey jay thanks so much for bringing that to our attention i appreciate it we will have you back in two weeks next week our monday musical minute will be from our buddy zach day from the voice so looking forward to that guys let's go ahead and get on to my great guest interview for the day he hails from ottawa canada as i said he is known as the country daddy his newest video is an amazing representation of the lgbtq community a little bit of everything all rolled into one and we're going to talk all about that and more so please welcome we're going to start with a song that he did uh the video features willem our good friend uh, from Emerson Collins and to our show. So let's go ahead and play Drake Jensen and we will be back on the other side to finish this up. Listen to Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network. Hard to understand 
My next guest, envisioning of Stand By Your Man with our good friend Willem, featured in the video. Can't wait to talk about that. He came to my attention as the country daddy. He's a singer-songwriter who launched his first album in 2011, and since then is releasing some fantastic music, along with receiving some accolades along the way, including being recognized for his contributions to our LGBTQ community. In the country section of the book, David Bowie Made Me Gay, 100 Years of LGBTQ Music History, where he was actually invited to perform for the book launch in London, England. His YouTube channel has amassed more than 1.5 million views, and his latest single is Burn the Floor, with probably the most inclusive video I've ever seen. I can't wait to talk to him about all this and more. Please welcome to the Leftist Trade Show for the very first time. Mr. Drake Jensen. Drake, how are we doing, buddy? I'm great, Scott. How are you? I am amazing. I'm enjoying listening to your music the last week or so. Thanks so much for taking the time to come on my show. Oh, it's a pleasure. I, this is one of my favorite things to do, actually, after I release a song is, is talk to all, all of you guys, and uh, it's a lot of fun. 
Well, I, I have to admit, I tell all my musicians, I'm not a huge music, music person until until someone shows me it or makes me listen to it. I don't know anything about it. So I really love once my favorite part of the show is I do a musical Monday every Monday. And that's the only time I'd ever listen to music. And I've fallen in love with your country and country music. Uh, country Canada is not too bad either. <laughs> Thanks so much for uh, sharing it with me. It's it's fantastic. Absolute pleasure. So I'm going to give you a, I'll give you a free reign. You can ask any question you want, and I'll answer. How about that? <laughs> Woohoo! Okay, it could be interesting. I'm changing the rating on the show right as we speak. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Let's start off with a little COVID quarantine. How are you holding up? As I said, you are up there in Canada. Um, are you? creating a lot of music are you introspective a lot or is it relaxing or is that just what happened in the first hour <laughs> tell me how you're doing well well i think i think you know for me it was it's it's at first it was semi difficult i'm not the most social person i i'm an introverted extrovert so when i'm performing uh-huh. when i'm making videos when i'm out performing i love people and i being around but i hide most of the, like 90 percent of the time i'm not um a huge touring musician it was never my thing i do it um and i think i'm going to have to do it after this but um the quarantine thing was I, listen i don't want to take away from the graveness of it we talked about that before we started the show um and i understand that it's been absolutely horrific and i have friends i have one friend that lost 14 people um and then she lost 20 people, and then she lost 28 people. She manages a long-term care home, and she lost basically oh 28, members, 28 members of her family five minutes down the road from here. And uh, she treats them like family, and it was terrible. So I understand the, the depth of the, the issue. But for me, um, I used it as a launching platform to get off my ass. And I, because and I, I really had been kind of lagging. I, I do music because I love music, and I'm kind of semi-retired, and I do projects as they come along. And I really needed a kick in the butt, and this is the one thing that did that because I couldn't go anywhere, I couldn't do anything, I couldn't get out, and I'm big into hiking and and being into the woods and doing things like that, and I couldn't do that all of a sudden because all the parks were closed. So I said, oh. I got to dig in. I got to dig in. And I had recorded Burn the Floor. Burn the Floor has been a project that's been on the on it since on the shelf really since last August. We had filmed the video. People are probably wondering how did we get the video together? Well, the video was filmed last August here in Ottawa mm-hmm. with um gotcha. With so everybody you see in the the video is a bunch of Ottawa LGBTQ+ A-listers. So these are all very influential people. Um, in the Ottawa community with me. I did a casting call. It was an open casting call. Anybody could come. Um, but some of the most prevalent people in our community came, and we had an absolute huge party. There was additional footage that was filmed, um, and if you want to believe it, you ask me what I've been doing during the pandemic. Uh, what I've been doing is ordering stuff on Amazon and figuring out, along with my videographer and my editor, how to film footage by myself and the footage of my husband and I in the dance version of the video was actually filmed in the living room of our condo. Um, oh, that's so, amazing. Wow. Yeah. So Good all that you. footage in the, <laughs> if you watch, if you watch the dance mix of the video and you'll see the footage of Michael and I in leather footage was filmed by us 
in front of a green screen. And then my brilliant video editor, Nicolas Chevalier, he's uh, originally from Paris. He's just moved, became a Canadian citizen. He just, he just recently got a status. Congratulations, Nicholas. Um, and he helped me uh, do all of this. So this is what I've been doing. So in a way, I took a really bad situation, spun it, and probably, you know, came out with one of the strongest things I've done in a long time. Congratulations. That's a great way to uh, to spend this time. As you said, we it's a very serious time, but when you can create like that, good on you, my friend. That's amazing. I can't believe that that was green screened in. Let's start with a little background. Since it's your first time on the show, let everyone know where you grew up, what kind of a kid were you, and what did you first want to be when you grew up? Um, so I grew up in Glace Bay, Nova Scotia, and for anybody that may want to try to relate to what that was like, uh, if you could take West Virginia and put it on the coast of the Atlantic Ocean, then you have Glace Bay. Um, um, so oh God, I grew that's up. That's a great description. Well, no, that is exactly what it's like. Um, so I grew up, and the people are much the same. So, and, and they're great. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not being negative. Um, small town. Um, was there some oppression? Of course there is. And was homosexuality kind of uh, an absolute taboo subject 50 years ago? Yes, because I'm uh, proudly I am 50 years old. And uh, back when I was eight and nine, I mean, going to school there was, was difficult. I had a really rough um, school life. And of course, I'd been bullied like really badly. And I grew up in, by the time I hit 14, I had left school permanently. Um, mm. I, I had a really bad time in school that um, led me into a 10-year um, therapy stint um, to recover. And uh, wow. so it was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the greatest, um, it wasn't the greatest time. Childhood has some select fond memories, but most of it is not very good. And my childhood is happening now. So um, I'm having a great time. Like as of recently, I mean, I've gotten, they, they made me, uh, they gave me an honorary high school degree in my hometown for all of the things that I've managed to do. And they've recognized me in my hometown for who I am and, and uh, being an LGBTQ innovator. Um, so it's a very That's big fantastic. shift. Yeah it, yeah, it really was. I did a show at home. I did a big show at home. And um, they brought the principal of school in, and they presented me with a, an honorary diploma because I'd never finished high school in my hometown. I did eventually, of course, finish my education. But So growing up was very difficult. I was an awkward, um, very overweight kid who was very inquisitive and loved to learn, and I, I'm still that kid. I've never really grown up, as you've seen in the video, everything that you see is me. Um, I am like a child. My husband keeps saying he's like he's married to a 13-year-old. Uh, <laughs> um, but, I love it. But it. Yeah, but through the course of that, I mean, I've learned so much. I, I'm so happy I went through such a hard time um, because once I processed it and got beyond it and then used it as a weapon against all of the things that happened to me that were bad, I was then able to translate it into my art, um, which became, which is such a vital part of the message I, I have. And um, my fan base really relates to it because, you know, when you're, when you've been on that type of front line, you know, like healthcare workers right now, they're, they're there, they know what it's like, it's horrible. And right. when you've been, when you've been bullied and you've been through that and you've been bashed so badly and your, and you've been, your clothes have been stripped off and you've been thrown in a brook that's minus 10 in the middle of the winter, then you do understand 
um, what true oppression is. So when I grew up to the point where I could get to where I'm at now and actually produce things, um, I wanted to, to do something really positive for the community. I wanted to work um, with other artists. Like you see with Willem, um, I got to work with Willem, which was amazing. I, I love Willem. Um, and uh, which was great. And then I worked with another Canadian artist here who's a, a great Canadian artist, also LGBTQ country, um, Patrick Massey in Vancouver. Him and I worked together. And now I'm working with um, John Hemingway, and he's another amazing LGBT writer slash producer, and he's in Nova Scotia, and he's who I produce Burn the Floor with. So it's been a really interesting journey, um, Scott, from where I was and what did I want to be. I always wanted to be an artist. I, I don't think I ever wanted to be nice. anything else. There you go. I love the passion behind that. I'm sorry for the struggles. Um, a lot of people have had them. I want to talk about... As far as coming out then, it sounds like it was very rough on that side. Talk about when you first found your tribe. When do you feel like you first found, um, when you were out and able to found another LGBTQ community that you could call yours? The leather community. Um, So basically what happened, I was stuck on Cape Breton Island. I had access to a computer. I didn't have one myself. This is back, I was 20. I was 26, so we're talking like almost 25 years ago. And so I remember getting on my sister's computer and tapping into like Halifax, which is like the major center in Nova Scotia, and then tapping into New Brunswick and talking to all the leather guys. Leather competition coming up, and it was called Mac Leather. It was the Mr. Atlantic Canada Leather Competition. So I wanted to compete. I had no idea what was entailed in any of it. I did not know at all. All I knew was that all of my life I had worn like leather jackets. It's funny because I'm vegan now, so most of what what I'm wearing is I don't I haven't thrown away my stuff. I'm not throwing away the stuff that I've had for years, but um, most of the stuff I buy new now is is made, of course, um, synthetic. But um, right. I I still have all my leather, and so I went up and competed in that competition. What I didn't know was that there was a TV series by the name of Kink, and it was there filming everything. So it was quite the interesting first time out in my <laughs> underwear, in my underwear on a stage in front of 350 people. The marriage debate was on in Canada at that time. I'll never forget this. And the question that I got as I stood there in my underwear, my leather jock strap actually, the question that I was asked was, what do you think about gay marriage? So, and, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm seldom stuck for words because I've got such a big mouth and it's hard to shut me up. Um, and I just said, gay marriage, I said, should there be such a thing? And the guy that asked me the question, he looked at me, he's like, what? I said, there should be no such thing as gay marriage. I said, marriage is marriage, I said, and people that love each other love each other, and it doesn't matter who's, love, who's doing the loving as long as there's love present. I said, that's really all that matters. And... And nice. and the whole crowd like tore into a cheer, and that that was on that was on TV. <laughs> I had no idea that was going to happen. Um, I think that was probably my first divulging myself into activism. I've become an act. I've been an activist, and I, I'm I can be self righteous sometimes, and I trip up, and I you know stuff my size thirteen foot in my mouth. But you know it, it just it's just it's just who I am. I can't help it. You know, so that was so the leather community. And as you, if you go back into my catalog and you look at the song "Scars," I did a song called "Scars" that was written by two people in Toronto, 
um, Don Graham and Zita Silver wrote that song. That song, that song um, I was in the video in full leather, and there was a lot of people, even in the gay community, that found it kind of um, unnerving. And I, I got a lot of interesting feedback that some people liked it and some people hated it. Um, the people that got it were the people that kind of understood bullying and understood the oppression and understands what happens mm. to somebody after they've been through that. So me being into the leather community and just presenting myself visually in leather has always been kind of a thing for me, and I got to do it again and burn the floor, So, um, which was really fun, you know? So it's kind of two different takes on a very interesting subject. That's great, a full-circle moment even. That's That's a great story. Well, it's been really interesting. Um, I've had a, you're my second country music connection in Canada. Uh, I was able to interview last week uh, Jeremy LaRue, who did a short film called Dominic Chord about a country western singer that was outed. It debuted for streaming on May 20th. And I just find it such a fascinating field because the country music scene is slowly evolving to gay artists i'd love your take on it because i know you had a very rough uh going i guess back in the closet or something after your big debut um talk about what you feel is the state of country music and queerness right now um i i i don't know i think oh god okay so i've been warned (laughs) i've been warned to stay positive (laughs) about things um I never, ever went back into the closet. Nobody ever scared me back into the closet, just so you know. I don't know who, who gave you that information. Um, when I came out, I decided to come out, after I did my Nashville record, I decided to come out on my second release, which was on my way to Finding You. At that point, there was an Ottawa teen who had killed himself because I think the last day he went to school, um, a bunch of guys that had been targeting him took a bunch of batteries and shoved them down his throat, and he swallowed them. Um, and mm-hmm. he later made a YouTube video about his... His, his, his horrific, basically, um, and I'm not going to call it bullying, I'm going to call it assault, and, and uh, it was only a couple of days after that he was gone. So wow. I, I decided to make um, a video called, uh, was one, of my, one of my favorite songs, which is called On My Way to Finding You, um, that was the title track to the uh, Nashville record, the first record that I recorded, um, and that's nine years old now, I can't believe it. But anyway, when we came out with that video, we introduced my husband in the video because I, I said I always use my husband as an extra because he's cheap and I, and I get to pay him back and in, in, I get to pay him back in trade. I don't have to pay him in cash. Um, but, but, you know, I, uh, I, we made that video and then we, I've been working with, of course, I work, I've worked, I've always worked with professional people. I've been very fortunate and I worked with Debbie Wood publicity and she was on board with creating a press release for country music radio um, about On My Way to Finding You and the concept behind the video and why the video was created. It's basically a journey song of love. And in the end, my husband drives up the country lane to the log house, and it's all very stereotypical because I'm a stereotype of every type, and I own that. Mm-hmm. Um, I own that. And, and, I don't, and I don't mind if people say, oh, you're stereotypical and you're this and you're that. I'm like, yeah, I am. Uh, and I like it. I have fun doing that. So I'm the stereotypical cowboy, and, and my you know knight in shining armor drives up in our Toyota FJ, which we still have, by the way. We've had it for years. We won't let her go because she nice. won the video. Um, and then we <laughs> go up in the house. We go up in the house together, and I'll never forget. We we made a Knoxville radio show, and this Knoxville radio show was 
we have it. And we, M- Michael actually recorded it because somebody brought it to my attention when it was happening. And the things that were said on that show were just like, oh, my God, like, People were saying, I know what they were going to do when they walked up to that hill and in that house. I know what was going on. And it was like, you know, like as if the only thing that us gay people have to do is have sex, right? I mean, I haven't (laughs) had time to have sex in the past three weeks, for Christ's sake. Um, but, but, the, but it caused all this controversy. And from that point on, I mean, on my way to finding you, just to give you a couple of stats, was one of my most played songs. It was played on terrestrial radio after the release of the fact after me coming out in country music, it was played around 986 times, I think in Canada on terrestrial radio. Now we're talking top 40 stations. Okay. So that's wow, regular okay. radio. This is not community radio. Um, to date, I remain to be one of the most played out, out. I'm going to say the word out to make sure that I cover myself out LGBTQ males um, to date in country music to be played on terrestrial radio. So we actually got to, so just to give you an idea, I think there was a top 100 and we were 86 on the top 100 after, after I came out. So for an independent artist, brand, brand new, right out of the box, nobody knew who I was to get that far, I think is a very, very positive thing. So I'm going to put a positive spin on this. And I'm going to say that that was a major accomplishment. And as I look back on it nine years ago, it might not have been where I wanted it to go, but it certainly reached the people that needed to hear it. So that in yeah. itself, I think, is a positive um, positive feather in that song's hat, really. Well, it's a, pu- it's a huge and positive comment, but, but it's also a thing where we have – it took till Brandon Stansel last year, the year before, for for a music video to be on CMT um, Music Television. So it's like it's a it's a great start, but it as is everything, it's taken us so long to evolve into more than that. I mean, thank goodness you're pushing hard all the way because it's just it's it's a slow move, my friend. Don't you think? Um, it's really slow, and because I'm Canadian. I'm not going to say anything about the American media, but because I'm because I'm Canadian, I'm going to say it's very easy um, for some people to overlook me and people like go. Patrick Massey, both of us, both Patrick and I. I mean, Patrick and I had a great song come out called Go Your Own Way that people were slating as a pride anthem. And that song is just incredible like uh, that was written by a guy in LA uh, Kevin Fisher and two of my friends here in Canada Tia McGrath and Tommy Parham and and Tia's an artist herself but they gave that song to us and we recorded it it's a killer tune so you should check that out I mean go your own way is just one of those songs but you know it is very it is very slow Scott you're right and in order to wade through it you have to be you have to be very strong emotionally and that is probably what I wasn't ready for in the beginning. Um, when mm-hmm. I was 41, when I first started, like when I really hit and Toll Road had brought me out as one of the most, one of the top most influential coming outs of that year, that's when things started to happen and that's when the criticism started to come. And you really have to, as an artist, have a really thick skin. And I don't think at right. that time my, my skin was thick enough. It is now. You know, I'm 50, and there's something about, you know, something gets busted when you're 50. And you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to swear on the air because I don't want to swear on your podcast because <laughs> I swear a lot. Um, but, 
you know, I, it's busted right now. I don't care. So I just right. did what I wanted to do, and, that, and and burn the floor was the result of me being exactly what I am, and that's a no shame type of person. I just don't have any shame surrounding who I am. There you go. I'm the exact, right around the exact same age there. So I, I hear you 100% on that. And even as you said, talking about the way the states deal with it, I know that Patrick had like a music deal in Nashville that he felt kind of fell apart because of the homophobia there. So it's, it's, it has not been an easy road to hoe. And I appreciate all your hard work and, and plugging at it, man, because it's, uh, it's important. It's important that we're represented in every aspect of life. And thank you for what you're doing for it. I appreciate it. Well, you know, I, I, that's, that's exactly why I do it. It's for people that think like you do. I, that is, people say to me, well, aren't you frustrated you didn't get an award? Aren't you frustrated? Like up there in Canada, you kind of get ignored when everybody down here kind of gets the accolades. And I'm like, not at all. Because I've got an email telling me that some guy didn't kill himself because he heard scars. That's what I got. So right. I'll take so I I don't mean to be sound corny and I don't mean to be like making like light of something or dark of something but I'll take that email over an award because that's what I initially set out to do was to help the person that felt like I did when I was 17 years old. And, and you're so. an artist, you're you're a musician and I think probably the best reward is for your music to be played and have that kind of effect on different people. I mean, talk about the music that it was top 40 hit in Australia and had a dance challenge. I mean, that kind of thing are more important to me than an award of any kind from any place. You just want well, your music to mean something to people, right? Well, I had no idea. We had no idea. So I wanted to market to um, various places in Europe, which I did, and I charted in France a couple of times. And then we decided we were going to market to Australia one day. We just said, well, what, 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 what about Australia? ABBA. Like, Australia made ABBA famous. So right. we decided to market to Australia, and we used a, a marketing agency there. Um, it was SGC Media then. That's who we used, and it was a publicity company. Stephen Green runs that, and he's an LGBTQ publicity company in Australia. And we talked to Stephen, and Stephen did a great job. We did a uh, eight- or ten-week campaign, and, yeah, uh, it actually got me to the point where I was the – I think, and you can fact-check this, I am – the first LGBTQ musician, male, out country artist that has ever charted on a terrestrial top 40 radio chart. Um, we've looked, and we can't find anybody else that's ever been out. Now, there has been other artists that were are out now um, that came out later in their careers that have charted on the radio but were not out at the time. So it was a, right. major, ma- it was a major, major step for us as not only an independent small little record label company, but I think it was a major step for LGBTQ people in country music. Um, and I didn't take it by myself. I took it with hundreds of other people that helped me. So, because uh, I always like to give credit, I mean, artists, solo artists are only can only do what they do because they have wonderful people around them that are super talented that, that enable them. Right. And that was, that's the case with me. Um, so I just wanted to thank everybody that helped me get there. I mean, it's, uh, I humbly, like, really, when I talk about this, I, it really makes me even more humble because I could never have done it with all the help that I've had and all my fans that have supported me. That's fantastic. Talk about the journey, where you feel, where have you felt you have grown the most 
as a singer and a songwriter compared to 11 years ago when this journey started. Where do you see yourself now? What are your most proud accomplishments for where you've gotten to from where you started, and what do you think you still need to work on? Oh, um, well, where I started, I mean, nine years ago, I ended up behind a microphone in a studio on Music Row with a with a good producer who produced a good country album. Was it the album that I would make today? Absolutely not. Is it a good album? Yes, it's a good album. I can go back and I can listen to that album. On My Way to Finding You has its shining moments. There's a couple of songs in there that I wrote that I really like. Um, and, of course, On My Way to Finding You was birthed from that album. Um, and so it was a great time. And I'll never forget getting behind the microphone in Nashville with all these professional musicians. I had Dolly Parton's guitar player on lead guitar. Mm. I had um, Faith Hill's fiddle player in the booth. Um, I had Elvis Presley's former keyboard player in the booth. And everybody was wow. sitting there. And I, and I was behind a microphone. And my producer looked at me. And she was kind of, she's kind of dry. And she looks at me and she says, you better do a good job back there, she said, because uh, George Jones was just there yesterday, she said. And then she clicked off the mic and everybody started, and everybody started playing. So that, that was my experience nine years ago. I'd been a singer all my life, but there's a very big difference between, a singer, between being a singer and being an artist, and I found out really fast. I've always been one of these people to jump into things and not think about it. So that's why I always try to think about what I say these days, so I don't get myself in shit. But 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 the big thing, but, but the big thing is, is that as an artist, I think you know I'm really hard on myself, like super critical of myself. Um, I had to learn how to let go of other people's opinions to be able to develop myself and become the unique okay. artist that I am today. And I really, there's one thing that I detest, and and this is just between you and I and everybody listening. I hate when people call me a singer um, because I, just calling me a, a singer is being, to me, it's, it's, singing is only a part of what I do. Now, singing is a really hard job, don't get me wrong. Nothing against singers. But to become an artist, and I remember my producer telling me this. She asked me, she said, do you know the difference between a singer and an artist? She said, would you like to be a really great singer? She said, or would you like to be a really great artist? And I looked at her and I said, is this a trick question? Because I didn't know the difference <laughs> nine years ago. Right. And the difference is, is the, the unique, the X factor, the identifiability. It's about not having the greatest voice in the world, but it's about having that voice that when somebody hears the first line, they go, yeah, that's, that's Drake Jensen, or yeah, that's, that's whoever, that's Garth, that's Ty, that's whoever they may be listening to. Um, so I think um, that my biggest journey has been from the singer who could sing you know, I could sing okay, well, when I did my first record, to the artist that I am today that has an understanding of putting the emotion to the physicality. And I think that was my biggest challenge. Because when you get behind a microphone in a studio, there's no audience. You have nothing to stimulate you. And the biggest thing is becoming a recording artist is being able to evoke enough emotion within your own self and relate to the song you're singing in order to draw people in. And I think after nine years, I'm finally starting to get that down, where to the point where I can listen to myself and go, okay, you're doing a good job now, keep going. So my biggest thing, I think what I'm going to do now, this is so Christina Aguilera has this new master class, 
I, here's, here's, so here's what I think about people that think they know it all. So if you think you know it all, if you think you know it all, or you've learned it all, or you have enough advice to give to listen back to what they have to say, then I think you're either dead or you're just arrogant because I am in this for this personal and emotional and the spiritual growth. And it's given me so much and my fans have given me so much and the whole experience, the good and the bad, even the bad stuff, even the stuff that I've grossly failed at, which I have, I failed at so much stuff over the past nine years and made so many mistakes and fell flat on my face and looked like, you know, I just felt awful at times and I wanted to give up. Those were the times that taught me more than the, the times when, like, the other day I made The Advocate, and The Advocate called it the most inclusive country music video ever made. I mean, that's, that's an incredible accolade. But that yeah. makes me feel good, of course. That makes me feel good. And to be tagged the country daddy in North America, of course, is a title, which is, to me, it's huge, huge, huge shoes, boots to fill, I'll say. I'm not shoes because I don't wear them. Um, but it's huge shoes. So I've got all of these things happening right now. And that, to me, is the evolution. And that's what keeps me going. The day I think that I know everything or that I've done everything, then I'm going to move on. I'm going to be like Celine Dion. I'm going to go and find a hair color. Oh, wait, no, I can't find a hair color company. I, I don't have any hair. Um, maybe, maybe, I'll find a, maybe I'll find a beard company that will sponsor me and I'll stop doing music. But I think you understand what I'm saying. Um, evolution is everything, and you have to keep evolving. And I think, and this is what I want people to take from this. If I had one, a couple of things that I wanted people to take from who I am, one is – Never give up, even through failure. Your failure is going to be your roadmap to your success. That's number one. And number two is it doesn't matter how old you are. The gay community can be very, 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 very judgmental about age. And um, I don't know about you, but I can kind of say if I step back and take myself out of the video and if I watch that video and seeing the 50-year-old that I am today in that video, I would say that I was a pretty vital 50-year-old. And I want other people that are 50 years old that might be sitting there that don't go to Pride anymore because they feel left out because there's a lot of them because I hear from them all the time, just so you know. I want them to see me. Uh, that's who I'm targeting is, are those people that are our age that are kind of going, oh, yeah, that's for the younger people. No, it's not. It's for everybody. That's my Amen message. to that, brother. Amen. And especially in our virtual prize we'll be having this year, I think we need to really understand the pride and sense of community. And whether you're 18 or 14 or just coming out, or whether you're 50 to 75, uh, be proud. Come out there and enjoy your community. Find your tribe and be a part of it. I think that's part of vitality of life, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. You have to be part of some kind of tribe, right? Yeah, and I've, and I've had, you know, I'm going to go down the road for a minute with you, and I'm, I'm going to tell you a little story that I think you'll find interesting and shed a little bit of what I've had to deal with on the negative side of things because I think that's showing people all the positive stuff and how people just think I have this utopic life and everything is great for Drake Jensen. That's not quite the truth. So at the time when I first started, when the Australian Broadcasting Corporation picked up Wherever Love Takes Us and then Kicks Country picked it up and we started to see a chart on the top 40, I got really excited and thought to myself, I'm going to apply to a bunch of prides. I would love to play at Pride. And 
I love playing those big pride stages because I've done a couple of them and I really, really like it. And it's a lot of fun. Actually, the Wherever Love Takes Us video was filmed at Ottawa Pride. That was Ottawa Pride. And we had a rocking time in that video. So here's what happened to me. So I got overly zealous and thought to myself, now I'm on the top 40. I've got great things to say in a bio. I'm going to apply. So there was one place in Canada, and I'm not going to name them, that I have quite a few country fans in that area who were, who were texting me and prompting me to apply to that pride. So I applied to that pride. And I got a really polite letter back. And I was appreciative of the fact that they were polite in saying that I didn't either, A, fit their demographic and or my application at that time was substandard to their view of what pride should be. Thank you very much. All the best. Thanks. But no thanks. Oh, my gosh. I would have been lit up. (laughs) I would have been lit up. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. And if you want to know that. who it is, if you want if you want to know who it is after we hang up I'll tell you. Um but but uh um yeah. So and I and I kept the email. So I have the email How do you tactfully have... respond to something like that? How do you tactfully or even if you don't respond to them, how do you how do you take that type of a of a criticism with a value? Is it an FU I hope? <laughs> or is it you take a... it with a value. Or... You can smoke a joint in Canada now. <laughs> Uh, no, 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 I'm just, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm, but, but, um, but you know, that's the type of stuff that was really hard on my head, because I was yeah. being rejected. I was being rejected by my own, and it was like the most stabbing thing ever. And mm. you know, I had a smoking band, and everybody wanted to go out and play it. I mean, I've been playing with the same guys. I've got like eight people that play in my band. And we've got a killer band. Our live show is just, like, absolutely amazing. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of prides don't embrace it because it's country. So, um, and a lot of the straight community don't embrace it because I'm gay. So I have to kind of create my own path. I, and I've been, you know, really working on trying to do that. So I think the online thing is what's getting people's attention. I just did a TV show up in BC, and it got the most views of any show they ran um, I just done uh, the video release the other night. There was a couple thousand people online for that, which was really big for the person. Uh, was Andre Pru with Diversity in the Capital has a big show here in Ottawa, and that was a really big viewer range for him. I think that's really growing, but it has been really tough. I want people to know that yes, you see the articles in the Advocate. Yes, you see the Instinct article. Yes. You see the top 40. Yes, you see me at my positive post, but behind all of that is a plethora of um, negativity and, and from both sides. And it's basically the human race thing. It's not the gay community. It's not the straight community. It's just humans in general can be very difficult to deal with. And when you're an artist and you have a message, sometimes not everybody's on board with that message. And I guess that has to be okay with me or I'm not going to be able to do what I do. But I just want everybody to understand in in what we call the hero story or or the success story, there's a really bumpy road, and sometimes you just fall and you totally cut your face open, and it takes a little while to heal. And right. it, it's ha- and it's happened to me, and it's been really hard. And thank God I have my fans, and thank God I have my husband, and thank God I have the professional people that I work with that constantly remind me, and people like yourself who say, you know, I'm your age, keep going, I, it really inspires me. That's my, that's, the, that's my heart and soul, man. That's, that's, 
that's who I am. Um, I, I rely on everybody outside of me to give me that kick in the ass when I really need it, because sometimes I do. I, obviously, if you read something like I read while I had a top 40 hit in Australia um, coming from my own community, then it gets to be pretty hard on the head, you know. Right. Um, so, and that had happened a few times. So that, that wasn't just an, and that wasn't an anomaly, let's put it that way. So um, it's been a road. But, you know, hey, it's a road that I travel every day, and I just get up every day, and I take one more step, and that's what brings me one step further to more and more fans and reaching more people. There you go. Well, let's take a step forward and celebrate this newest release. Um, Talk about it a little bit. We're going to play it off in just a couple of seconds here. But talk about it's really kind of – it's just – feel-good music, and as I said, the video is probably one of the most representative videos we have from leather to club kids to country western to puppy play to all sorts of fun things. Talk about how fun it was to make the video and give your team that helped create the song with you. So I sat down with John Hemingway in um, Berwick, Nova Scotia, where I'm originally from, and he and I sat down, and he started playing some lick on the banjo, and I started writing, and in 20 minutes, we had Burn the Floor. Um, so it was written by John Hemingway and I. It was also embellished by um, a very good friend of mine in New York City. Now, and he's famous because he played in two famous um, Canadian award-winning bands, multiple award-winning bands. Um, Rob Proust is his name, and he played in a Canadian band called The Spoons, and he also played in a Canadian band called Honeymoon Suite, who wrote the Lethal Weapon soundtrack, actually, uh, the, the theme song. They wrote the one to the first movie. And then Rob left Honeymoon Suite and went on to a 14-year stint as musical director, assistant musical director to Mamma Mia on Broadway. Rob and I became friends through Facebook, and then when he had heard a little snippet of Burn the Floor, he said, I can really put some synth tracks down on that. He said, send it to me. So I sent it to him, and he embellished it with all this amazing synth stuff. So thank you very much to Rob Proust. And, and he was an idol of mine when I was a teenager. I was going to stadiums filled with five and 6,000 people at home to see him when I was 15 mm. years old. So now I'm working with him. So, again, on the road to the dream, it'll bring you things that you never thought were ever possible as long as you're brave enough to take that first step. Again, I always reiterate that. Um, and then Burn the Floor kind of transpired musically that way through John Hemingway and Rob Proust. And, of course, Jonathan Edwards is who I always work with here. He's been one of my best friends, and we've created everything together, including Stand By Your Man, by the way, um, was created with Jonathan Edwards. And I know you played that at the head of the show. Um, but that's how it musically happened. And then I got a hold of Terry Papineau, and Terry has um, – experience in film and he's an ottawa lgbtq community member and we had a meeting over breakfast and i said this is what i want to do i said he said well let's make them let's make a really inclusive video he said let's invite everybody i'm like okay i said i'm all about that and we did a casting call on facebook (laughs) it was it was an open casting call anybody could have came it didn't matter i didn't care what how tall you were i didn't care what weight you were i didn't care what part of the community you came from i didn't care whether you were in drag or out of drag or you were well, naked probably wouldn't have sold because we wouldn't have been able to put that on YouTube. Too bad, eh? <laughs> um, but everybody basically came, and I, I was so happy. And everything you see on the camera is a result of us kind of going. We had a little knockhead session before the video. I said, okay, everybody be themselves. Everybody be over the top. Everybody have fun. And let's just show the world that it's okay to be yourself. That was our Basic, basic ideology before the, the camera 
record on the camera. And when we hit record on the camera, these people, and I'm going to say these people made this video, not me. Because, I mean, I might have been in the middle of it all, and I was having a blast, and everything you see is me having a lot of fun and being campy. Um, but I also knew, in a very deep part of my essence, that we were making something really special. That I was saying to the world, yeah, okay, you can oppress me as much as you want, but I'm just going to be myself, and I'm going to show you who my friends are. And... Um, and they are all my, most of my friends. Uh, most of those people in the video I'm, I've been associated with professionally through the community or I've met or I've had experiences with, and I was so happy to share it with them because I think as the LGBTQ community sometimes has a tendency to sometimes want to subdivide each other and subcategorize each other, I think when we let go of all that stuff and we come together, we are so much bigger and so much better. And I think that is what's going to make us so much bigger in society, period, and our voice gets bigger and bigger as, as we do this more and more. And I right. wanted to be a part. I wanted to be a part of that, and that's where Burn the Floor was born from. It was born out of being most true to oneself. And I credit the people that are in the video to the video success because now it's starting like to get hits on on YouTube. It's starting to go up. I'm watching it. So uh, it's kind of it was slower in the beginning, but now since the Advocate and the Instinct articles and, of course, people like you that are going to bring attention to it, it's going to get more and more. So um, we're really happy. And the Ottawa community, we're ecstatic. I was so happy to share this with the Ottawa community. They were a bunch of pros. It was a lot of fun. Very, very good. Congratulations. I love it. Absolute love every second of it. And I'm so excited to be able to play it here for our audience. As we get ready to leave here, let everyone know, where they can find you, where they can follow you. You have a great website. Uh, give me your website address, where they can find you on social media, my friend. So I'm a whore on all social platforms. So I'm going to warn <laughs> people right now that if you follow me, you're going to get plummeted over the head by a bunch of stuff, like especially music, because right now um, it's our only platform. So artists really are relying on um, social media to keep us alive. Because uh, all my gigs this year, I had a bunch of stuff planned this year. Because I've got a record coming out in the fall, actually. It's and it's more of an acoustic kind of uh, folky-based record that I'm doing with Jonathan Edwards here. But I'm still working on that. But you can find me at www.drakejensen.ca, where you'll find all my music's on sale. My, I still sell CDs, by the way. I have CDs and I have DVDs. Um, those are all on special right now. I have a merch, a special new merch store that was just designed by my IT guy, Bobby Nelson. Thank you, Bobby, for designing the merch store. And for Joe Grimshaw, who is in New York State, um, he does all my designs. So thanks, Joe, for the great designs in the merch store. And the Burn the Floor t-shirt is the most popular seller in the store right now. So thank you very much for that. Um, and you can also find me, of course, um, on my verified Facebook page. It's a professional page that Facebook decided to verify me, which I'm very, very happy about, uh, Drake Jensen Music. You'll find me on Instagram, Drake Jensen Official. Um, and am I missing anything? Twitter. I'm also on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter very often because I really I, – I'm very adversarial to all the politics. So I try to stay away um, from that. But I do post on Twitter, but my main forum is my Facebook page. Drake Jensen, thanks for coming on the Leftist Trade Show. we got to have you back. I really enjoyed every second of it. I had a blast, Scott. Thank you very much. No worries. Stay on the line for me, guys. We have a special five questions with Drake. Be on the lookout for that. And we are going to play out with Burn the Floor for you guys to enjoy as much as I have. I'll be back on the other side. You're listening to the Left of Straight show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network. 
guys and gals we are back floor with drake jensen drake thanks so much for coming on the show tonight amazing artist the canadian uh superstar singer songwriter the uh, daddy uh, country daddy i love that title uh, great interview we're going to try to get uh, drake down to palm springs next year we're already kind of starting on it ahead of time Guys, sorry uh, Brian Justin Crumb couldn't make it tonight. We definitely will reschedule that for probably the next two weeks, so we will get him on very soon. I apologize for that. 
it's still stuff's going on at night, guys. Um, Kentucky's having a problem. They had shot a restaurant guy, I guess, um, with the National Guard out. It's not looking pretty still. So it's it's tough to do an entertainment show, but I appreciate you guys listening. I really do. I hope you guys be safe out there. Have a great week. We're going to have some good shows the rest of the week, too. So um, I'm looking forward to most of them are pre-taped interviews, which is kind of good in this way because that means that people aren't uh, kind of risking anything to go on here and they can be home with their family and friends. Tomorrow, like I said, we're going to have a very special uh, initial interview with Jay Mack, um, a former boy bander, now his own um, singer-songwriter with his own music. He lives in Venice, California. And we're going to have Brian Faltuto with him, the gay life coach. Had a great talk with him. And Stephen S. Miller that has his own uh, vlog series, Mama Rose, uh, the Mama Rose Show on YouTube that interviews some great people. So we're going to talk to both of them tomorrow. On Wednesday, of course, we got J&J Buzz starting things out with us for the Pop Culture Minute. Then I have Josh McKenna on. Excellent interview. He is fascinating. He is a graphic designer and artist who created the iconic Pride sticker in 2017 that you've all seen on your Instagram. It's the black man in heels bending back and doing a reverse bend and snap. Josh created that. He's also creating a special um, left and straight big gay road trip little graphic for us. I'm going to have a Josh McKenna original for our big gay road trip. I'm excited about that. And joining Josh is going to be Kelsey Zipchin. He, she is a onset teacher has uh, worked with some of the great cast, the kids of some great cast in like Lock and Key and American Gods and a bunch of great things. She's been a teacher by profession. Her husband I had on a couple weeks back, Tanner Zipchin, he was the face of the pre-shows at 1800 Canada Movies. She's been behind the scenes in a lot of his interviews and gotten lots of sets with him. We had a great, fun talk. She'll be on Wednesday. Thursday, Ramisa Ellis will have her very first foodie special correspondent segment to start us off. Then we're going to be talking to queer Cosmo astrologer Colin Bedell and our good buddy David Cruz III from Millionaire Matchmaker and Finding Cupid will be on Thursday. And this Friday, we'll finish it up with a Friday Fitness Minute with our good buddy Jason Caceres. Then I'm going to have Glenn North on. He is now in the Bravo series Camp Getaway as one of the social coordinators there. He's also a fitness trainer and an actor. He'll be on the show along with the cast of a new movie that just premiered last week called As I Am. Very poignant and very important in in today's culture. We're going to try to sneak in as much as we can this week to talk about what's happening in the world. I appreciate you being part of the show. It looks like my uh, mic slid down. I hope you're able to hear half that. Guys, thanks for being part of the Left of Straight show. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Left of Straight. And I will see you tomorrow, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern time, right here on the Left of Straight radio network. Have a good, safe evening, everyone. Bye-bye.